Nothing you say makes any sense. Okay? I understand that now. You're just a fucking fucking Okay, uh, sorry about the technical issues, like, um, I usually have it set up so it's like, collect, you know, it can receive Skype calls and record the other end, like, perfectly, but you have to do, like, a million fucking things on the computer to get it working, and it's just been, it's, I guess it's a ha- giving me problems right now, so I just said, fuck it, let's just do the old school, you know, the old school recording method, just holding the phone up to the mic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I thought I was like, oh yeah, I got this, you know, cool new way to do things, and then it's just like more, more of a hassle than it's worth. But um, yeah, dude, welcome to the fucking podcast, dude. It's uh, it's been a hot minute since I talked to you on the phone, but um, you know, it's just so much has happened since then, and uh, you know, I do have you to thank, kind of, for like inspiring me to get like something, you know, off the ground project wise, and. Uh, it's been so much fun podcasting. I never realized it until, like, I kind of just said fuck it and just like dove in, you know, head first. But um, like, how's your life been lately? Like, what's been going on with you? My life is good. Uh, just uh, you know, I I work a lot and uh, I work on stupid dopey all the time <laughs> and I take care of my family. Yeah, and that's basically my life. You know, that's it. I, 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 depending on the week, I mean, every week I like scramble to get an episode out. Yeah. Every week I, I scramble to do whatever I have to do for work. And, and in between those two things, I like scramble to keep my children fed and, you know, yeah. house in order and stuff. And you have a, you have a new, like you have a, a new one that you're ever, like a new daughter, right? Yeah, we have a, she's uh, going to be nine months. For she just turned eight months. Oh, that's amazing! Congratulations, man. That's so awesome. I mean, I can totally understand how you have very little time for anything with with all that going on in your life. I mean, I could not imagine having a children or any children at all. Like for me, like because I'm still like a child myself. I feel like sometimes, and I'm 35 years old. So um, the fact that you're able to get an episode out every week and still like you know, have this, you know, maintain family life and everything is just like, is amazing to me. Like, you're really like a, a workhorse of like, you know, energy, it seems like. But, uh, and you still, are well, you? With, with the show, I'm obsessed about it. Like, I will not, not get an episode out. So that's just obsessive, compulsive kind of thing. Yeah. And when I was 35, uh, I was pretty much exactly like you. Um, really? I was, uh, except I wasn't clean, <laughs> you know, and, um, I was, uh, I was totally fucked and, um, I was in California and I was on methadone and I was on heroin and I was on pills and I was on weed and, uh, and I was living off my girlfriend in a, a shitty apartment in Los Angeles and, um, you yeah, know, so things can change. What? Yeah. yeah Yeah, um, what part of L.A. were you were you living in? Because I kind of wanted to kind of get into uh, kind of like your life in L.A. Because, you know, I've spent, I was born in L.A. and I, I moved back there for, you know, a number of years. And, uh, you know, Los Angeles has a, is a weird, 
weird fucking city to live in. And um, only those who've kind of like spent time there kind of can know what I mean when I say that. But uh, it's yeah, like... I don't think I was either. I don't really think I don't. I don't know. Like, it's like I had all these like, you know, I was doing uh, uh, concerts and stuff and like and doing all this cool stuff. But um, the temptation there is like unlike any other city I've ever been in, you know. Um, well, for me, for me, like I had gone to L.A. I, I had, you know, I grew up in, in New York and I lived in New York my whole life. And I left New York when I was, uh, I think, I want to say 30 or something, 31, because I was just such a train wreck that my, my parents sent me down to a rehab in Florida. Oh, and, really? Uh, and while I was down there, they um, basically I, was, I had a very, 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 very inexpensive apartment in Manhattan. And when I left, my parents were like, we'll pay the rent while you're gone. And, uh-huh. uh, and within, I don't know, six months, my counselor in Florida told them that they should give up the apartment. So oh, my did. God. Um, so I was living in uh, in Boca or Delray Beach, Florida, and my parents had given up my apartment in Manhattan, and I was super upset about it. And, uh, and my friend Todd and my friend Jeremy had moved to Los Angeles, so I was like, let me just move with those guys. And, uh, and, uh, and I wound up staying in Delray for almost a year and then moving in with Todd and Jeremy and, and they lived in North Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so you were, oh, well, you were in North Hollywood too. I, I, when I moved back, I, that's exactly where I was. I was off of uh, Yucca Street, which was like right by, I guess, Hollywood and Vine. Um, but yeah, that... Coanga. Yeah, Coanga, yeah. I was right off of Coanga and, uh, you know, I was going to, uh, I don't know if it was up or in the same location, but I was going to Musicians Institute off of Hollywood Boulevard. Um, I was doing the GIT program for guitar and then I quickly switched over to, um, sound engineering or recording arts. But, uh, uh, like my whole kind of world turned upside down. I like th- halfway through the program, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer and then, you know, it was just this whole thing of like, well, what do I do now? Like, um, I think my girlfriend had broken up with me right after surgery. And, uh, my roommate was this crazy, like D-list actor who gave me a, you know, it kicked me out for whatever reason. But, um, I think around, and I, I'll never forget, um, I was in the hospital, um, in Hollywood and they had put liquid Dilaudid in my IV and, um, which was like, one of kind of like, I guess, my first intravenous kind of experiences, you know, because technically, you know, it's a needle in my arm, but it's like, and I was on shooting up, but it's going through into my, you know, veins. And it was kind of like that first rush of, oh, this is like a solution for all the stress I was dealing with. Um, because I, I thought I was going to die. I mean, I, I thought, you know, one to three years, you know, was my life ex- you know, expectancy. And I didn't know like how bad it was or anything. And then when I, you know, I mean, I was doing opiates before, but this was more like, oh, this is going to help me, you know, deal with, you know, whatever. Because I, I was like, if I'm, if I'm going to have this much limited time left in my life, I was like, I'm just going to party it up and, you know, live how I, how I, however I felt was necessary that day. And then that kind of, you know, kicked off this whole Hollywood kind of just junky like lifestyle that I, you know progress through and um and it just it's so weird in in LA like you know that I had a dealer Jose he was dealing f- like you know all the musicians that were popular at the time and actors he was dealing to them too so it was just like you could just make a call and it was almost like a delivery service like I think I remember once you said um you had like that there was like that hotline that party hotline you guys had a card for and you would call and just like get drugs no, just like Oh, that was in Manhattan. Yeah, oh. In Los Angeles, every, every, every bit of drugs I got in Los Angeles, I got downtown. My buddy, Me too. My friend Todd was hooked in with this, like, meth freak. Oh, man. And he just get meth from this weirdo guy in North <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, but, then, like, but then we wound up driving to, to Mexico and buying, like, you know, tons of pills. And then, and then basically, like, I would wake up every morning at 
four in the morning or five in the morning, and I would drive downtown to cop to open. Yeah. The guys um, on Broadway. And, you know, like oh, yeah. And, By Spring and Street, those, yeah. Those weird downtown spots. Yeah, downtown's a whole different vibe than, like, Anywhere else in LA, I, I was dating a girl right by Pershing Square, and um, and it's like, it's just like it's more of it's more of like you know, kind of like an East Coast city than anywhere else in LA because LA is just super spread out. But that like downtown area was like had more of a faster pace than you know Hollywood or, or everywhere else. Yeah. Um, downtown made me feel like I was at home. Uh, I bet, yeah. And also, it would be like I was at home, but it also like would remind me of like Red Hot Chili Pepper videos. Oh so, yeah, like, you'd, you'd be like walking through like one of these bazaars. Like downtown, there's this really poor, and these buildings would be broken up into these swap meets. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you'd walk through a swap meet with like a little Mexican kid who'd be selling you dope out of their <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Past like churros stands. Yeah. Fucking stuffed animals on a stick. And uh, and you'd be buying dope as it all happened. And like in the beginning, like when I had money and I didn't have a habit, I felt very like almost not like sophisticated, but I felt free. Whereas at the end of it, you know, you're just scraping enough money to get a bag. And, yeah. You, know, you don't have a car anymore. And you don't have anything <laughs> to get home. Like I wound up like taking the bus around. You know, you're a loser in Los Angeles when you're taking the bus. Oh I'm man. <laughs> Oh yeah, the buses. I I remember when I was forced to take public transportation in L.A. Like, you meet you see a lot of weird characters on the bus because, you know, either they're, you know, they don't have their driver's license for whatever reason, but a lot of them were because they had like severe mental illness. So, and I would just see the craziest shit on the on the metro and the bus, and um, I remember once having to cop. Uh, in Skid Row, and it was the day before I had to turn myself into jail. Um, I was looking at like a, you know, I was looking at like 180 days at uh, Twin Towers, but I was, uh, I knew I was going to be sick eventually. But um, it was like I was had a hotel in Pasadena, and uh, and uh, the the next morning I was going to go, you know, turn myself into the courts. But I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to cop one more time. And I just remember having to like walk to the gold line and take that to Eugene station and then get off. Um, I forget what X is, but then, you know, going to downtown and walking through Skid Row at night to cop. And it was just like, you know, you put yourself in the, the, not the safest, you know, situations when you're, when you're sick and you're trying to get well. And, um, you know, things I would never do sober, you know, I think I heard, I think I've, read up something like, you know, um, when you're on heroin, it literally shuts off the part of your brain that weighs, um, you know, repercussions and consequences. So that just like the whole mentality of like, you know, oh, I could get in trouble for this or whatever. It's just like, it's apt, completely absent when you're in your, you know, your, you know, drug use or whatever your addiction. Um, but I don't know. It's just like, I just think, you know, if you have a, if you have an addiction of any kind and you go to LA, it's, it's like you have to be twice as, um, you know, active in your recovery to even think you could get away living there. Cause it's just so easy. Like it's literally everywhere, you know? Um, and especially in the entertainment industry. Um, you know, I think some of my favorite stories of yours were, when you were running that um, that television show, and you were talking about traveling and being sick and trying to maintain, you know, your your addiction, but at the same time, um, you know, having to maintain this job that requires a lot of like you know responsibilities, it was just so it was so interesting to me. And plus, like, I just love LA stories just because it's so nostalgic for me, you know. Um, but do you think? I mean, what, what what was your reasoning behind moving out of LA? Because I don't even I don't think I remember, um, you know, you uh, talking about that part of your life. Um, what happened was, uh, well, I lived in Los Angeles. I think, you know, I don't. It was so like dark and fuzzy that yeah. I don't even remember. I lived in LA between six and eight years. Yeah, I guess I could figure it out if I like. Um, like, 
there are no, the thing is, like, there are no records. I don't even think I had, I had a bank account. I looked at it, but it was empty. Mm-hmm. Um, the jo- I had, like, two jobs, and then they lasted. Like, the longest job I had there was just a few months. Uh, I left L.A. because uh, my mom got diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, my God. And I was on, and I was on methadone, and I knew, I just had this feeling I was, you know, I was 34, 35 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, I was on a gigantic dose of methadone. I hadn't worked uh, in a long time, years. And uh-huh. I had this feeling that my mother was going to die. Oh. And I was going to be high in Los Angeles. Oh, and, uh, fuck. And I couldn't let that happen. Yeah. You know, something, kicked, something kicked in at that, at that thought. So I went to the methadone clinic and I said... Uh, I need to get off methadone, and I started picking like, uh, you know, like, a, like between it was like between one and five milligrams a week. Yeah, that's the and max they'll let you taper, right? Very long, long lean, and then I went into a, a, a quick detox. I actually wound up using in the detox. And I oh wow! While I was using in the detox, <laughs> so I got kicked out. I got kicked out of the detox for using, and I didn't even get high. Oh um, fuck! That's so. And then, uh, and then me and my girlfriend at the time wound up moving to uh, to Vermont uh, because my parents had a house in upstate New York. Okay. And um, and I got off methadone and I got off soap and I got off pills and I moved to Vermont. And um, I wound up getting back on all those things. <laughs> I never got back on methadone. I never got back on methadone. That was the last time I ever did methadone. Nice. That was like 2007. Oh wow! So, so, but I wound up getting back on on heroin and, and coke. Uh, but that's why I left Los Angeles because my mother was going to die, and uh, I needed to go home before she died. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's 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 really a hard thing to go through, and I, you know, it's um, crazy that you say that because I think one of my biggest reasonings for um, getting clean this last time. I mean, it was for myself too, obviously, but I've always had this really big fear that I, like the thing I want more than anything is I I want my, if my, you know, when that time comes for my mom and dad, when they're, you know, on their deathbed, I don't want them to be like their last moments worrying about me or, you know, being strung out. Like, I don't want them to, to pass away and like with me all fucked off, you know? And, um, my biggest thing I would, or I am trying to prepare for is, you know, what that, you know, that moment comes where I do have to bury my parents. I, I know that's going to affect me the hardest and they'd be the, you know, the one thing that, you know, would take me out would probably be that if anything. And I just want to, I, I knew I know I had to prepare for that, um, because I knew it was going to just devastate me or it will, you know, it's going to be really hard when that day comes. But, you know, I mean, aside, I obviously I, I want to get clean for, or I wanted to get clean for myself too, but you know, I really wanted my parents just to not worry about me anymore. Cause I've put my parents through fucking hell, you know? Um, yeah, I'm sure you still are, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here and there, but I mean, at least it's in other other areas other than, you know, drug abuse. Um, you know, my parents are the fucking best. I mean, for them to put up with me, I was, I was fucking crazy, you know? And, um, it's just like, I, I felt so bad uh, for, for everything I put them through. I want to try and I, I wanted to try and make it up somehow, you know, by at least showing them my, you know, I can get through this and stuff. Cause you know, heroin addiction was, was a hard thing to fucking overcome. And it still is like a challenge. You know, I have, deal with it every day um like and i i have 48 days um thank you yeah it's gonna get easier and i mean one thing that i talked about on dopey a couple times and um and i, I don't know like whenever i, I would talk about it with chris Christmas cake was bullshit. And I think I talked about it with Dr. Drew, and he said it was bullshit. But um, I read about this thing years ago when I was like about your age or maybe a couple years younger, and I was I was desperate to get off heroin. Uh-huh. And um, and there was this thing
there was a percentage of people that, in the, the expression that is said in the book, was that they age out of heroin addiction. And I found that was partially true for me, and maybe it's true for you. You know, it's like, it's, I mean, like, listen, we all know it's very easy to relapse. We all know it's very easy yeah. to, uh, to fuck up your, your clean time. Oh, yeah. But, but it's also like, it could be, it could be done. You know what I mean? It could, it, this could be it for you. And like, you know, you've done your time and there's nothing wrong with that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it could be a new day. I mean, it's weird. Because I remember when I was getting clean in the very beginning and I would, you, you kind of don't want to like, you kind of whisper to the drugs like, don't worry, baby. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not really over. I'm yeah. not doing this for everybody else, but I still got you. I'm yeah oh that's so true i did that so many times so many times and i've relapsed so many times because i didn't think i was i mean in the you know i would put up this front when i was on these drug programs but i like in the back i had this reservation in the back of my mind like oh yeah i can go back to this if i wanted to or something and and you know Every time, if I did, it would just, you know, worse and worse things would accumulate over, you know, the course of my my using and stuff. And, um, you know, I've been talking to you for, fuck, like, how long have we been, you know, back talking back and forth? Like, a, 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 well over a year, maybe almost two years, I've been, you know, reaching out to you ever since I've, you know, discovered Dopey. Um, I would message you. Yeah. And I was always like, you're never going to animate it. It's my father. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, like, and then I didn't hear from you for a long time, you know? Yeah. We actually made a few hats. You, you got one of the first uh, three dopey hats. I'm so stoked. I still have that hat. I think it's like a nice little rare collectible I can say that I have that no one else has, you know? Um, well, you, you were also, you were, that was also before, like, maybe, that was when, like, Chris was like, why are you giving away these hats? Yeah. Um, and you, and like, yeah, I mean, I think that was like almost, I mean, in my mind, it was like two and a half years ago. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's just weird and cool, you know, it's been, it's been an amazing thing to, uh, to meet so many people who, uh, struggle with addiction or who start to get clean. And the, the really sad thing is how many people around Dopey, uh, die and they don't yeah. think you know nobody thinks it's gonna happen oh no you know? not to them but it's like the fucked up thing brian is that it could have just as easily happened to you i know as it happened to whoever i think about that all the time i think uh, like i i'm i'm amazed that i'm still alive like i think like it was, you know i should be dead you know several different times i should have died and i'm so thankful that i i didn't and that I'm here, like now, here talking with you today. And, um, you know, I, I also wanted to just personally thank you for, you know, all the time you've, you know, taken to like talk to me and help me. And I've you know, been telling people this who are part of the Dopey Nation. I was like, if Dave didn't have me on Dopey that one time, I don't know where I would be today. I can't really honestly say because since that day, so many people in the Dopey Nation have reached out. And have you know, you know, talked to me and and shown me support, and I've developed so many close friendships with so many people um, from the the Dopey Nation because um, I you know they discovered me through you know that episode I was on with you, which I you know I I took up so much of your time, so I'm apologies for that, but like that meant so much to me because I've built this you know, uh, recovery support group around, around my life now. And it's meant so fucking much to me. Like it's, you know, priceless. Like I, I couldn't, you know, words can't really even express enough how, how grateful I am for all of that. So, you know, I really wanted to thank you for that. Um, it's cause like I, the, your the dopey nation group as a whole are, are some of the, you know, most uplifting, encouraging and supportive people I've ever, you know, met. 
And it's really special because there's other, you know, fan group, like fans of whatever, and they're just not as loyal as the Dopey Nation. And it's really a, a special thing to, to be a part of and witness, you know? Um, Yeah. Chris, Chris dying, you know, was it's like the idea of uh, of of rebirth coming from something dead, you know, like a flower out of a yeah. bones or out of a grave. And uh, and I think that the Dopey Nation as a supportive entity, it's like because I think before that we were all like sort of making jokes about like what people were doing or what they weren't doing or yeah. you know, whatever. But then after Chris died make the same jokes no no you can you know we we i mean chris chris you know he was one of my best friends a lot of people like the, the people who listened to him felt like they knew him he was uh very communicative with a ton of people in the dopey nation yeah and um and we all lost somebody and and it seemed like that wasn't gonna happen and then when it happened it's like everybody was kind of like if we're not supportive if we're not pro recovery, then uh, we're making a big mistake, and who knows who else we can lose. Yeah. So, like I, I, you know, and that also has a lot to do with like the like Andrew and and Paulina and Catherine for uh, for actually setting up that group. Yeah. You know, as sort of a support group because Chris died. You know, so it's like it, it started from a place of service, and you know, Andrew is all over service work, and it's oh, like he's amazing. Yeah, you know, and um, Chris passing away had a huge impact on me. You know, I, I, I would talk. I, I would talk to him briefly through email, and and you know, I didn't didn't really know him like that well, other than you know the 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 conversations we would have back and forth. But you know, his voice reached out and affected so many people, um, and I actually had made a. Um, a video, uh, dedicate like a, a like a montage of you know Chris's uh, you know sayings here and there, and I made a video about it, and I was kind of hesitant to even upload it because um, you know I, I just felt kind of weird about it. I just didn't know if like you know if people were ready for that or I just I don't know. I just felt weird even uploading it, but. Um, it was because it, it, it's just so hard to and I and I for you even I was like I didn't know, you know if it's it's I haven't it's not on the internet it's on my computer still I never uploaded it to the internet. Um, you just send it to me. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I was actually yeah I was gonna try and reach out to you and let you know because I didn't know how you would feel about it, you know because I know. You know, when people talk about Chris and write you letters about him, I know, you know, it, it's going to affect you. And it, it, it's like, I didn't want to have to have one more thing that, you know, you you have to see and be reminded of it. Because, it, you know, I, it would make anyone sad, you know, just having to think about Chris and, you know, having all your fans. I, that, have, to, I have to deal with Chris every week. Yeah. You know, like it or not. And, um, and frankly, uh, a montage of Chris's... Uh, you know, funny things or smart things that he said could help me out with the content. So please send it over. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had and only I only had like a couple of pictures of Chris, so I kind of like put that in, and so it's like kind of like a video. It's not it's not very long, but I have this really sad song. That, you know, I have you know playing in the background, but you know, I think Chris may not even have he may not have even realized it, but he had a lot of really you know like really profound things that he said that, you know, uh, sticks with me today, you know? Um, and he was really, he's smarter. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's really, really fucking intelligent. And, um, he's, he's touched so many people. It just, um, uh, it's just so, so fucking surreal to me that, you know, you, I have a, like you and not just me, but so many people have a connection with dopey 
But it's not like, you know, it's not like Joe Rogan or any of these other podcasts where, like, you know, you feel like you'll never be able to, like, you know, actually contact that person. Like, I've actually been, you know, friends with you for for so long, you know, and it's so I think I think a lot of people have this special connection with Dopey that, uh, like, is bit like better than other, you know, podcasts, you know, and um I bet you when Joe Rogan was getting, you know, not many downloads, you could get a hold of him, too. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if Dopey has 50 million downloads, <laughs> you won't hear from me anymore. Oh, that would that'd be a sad day. Yeah. I actually had this Dopey old video. What's that? I'm just, I'm playing, you know. But no, you know, I know. Dopey is small. And also, like, I mean, if Dopey was gigantic, you know, it would be very hard to... to to maintain contact with uh, everybody. Well, but I'm sure you're already facing like. Joe Rogan is sharing his experience of uh, strength and hope from being a heroin addict who's sober. <laughs> yeah. Part of those is that we have to uh, be in touch. Like, that's part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, part of it is giving back. Part of it is, 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 is like, you have to. It's the service element of the show because. You know, like the point of the show, you know, once the show became what it was, the point of the show is to say that you can have fun in recovery. And yeah. If you're not using, like, your life doesn't have to stop. You can laugh at all the stupid things you did, and you can enjoy recovery. And once that became what the show was, we needed to be in touch with the listeners because that was the point. Yeah. Definitely. And um, it's so funny that you say that because, um, I, for like, you know, since I started Not Squad, it's been like, I've started to really realize that you, yeah, I can have fun in recovery. Like, working on my creative projects has been so great for me, because it's so, it's more fun than I've ever had getting loaded, you know? Um, but, um, and in like my small, have you listened to any of uh, the episodes I've put up yet? What do, what do you think of it so far? I, I really could use some feedback for, like, you know, from anybody, but especially you. Uh, I would love to hear, like, what what you think about any of it, of the content we've put out. Um, let, me, let me listen more before I give you feedback, because it'll just be, like, off the... You know what I mean? I'll just be talking shit. <laughs> no, yeah. Because um, there are yeah, some problems I, with, I like... Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you've told me that. I think that's the one thing you've tr- you've pounded into my head is that you know I need to put more. Re- um, I need to focus more on my recovery, and I, and you're totally right um, because I did find myself putting too much time in in podcasting or or whatever, and um, it, it's I could just I just I know what you mean when you say it's so easy to slip back into old ways. I mean, right? I think you know. After I had talked to you on Dopey, and I put out a couple episodes, I had relapsed, and then I had to come clean about it on 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 Nod Squad, and it uh, it was it was hard to admit, especially not just admit to like you know your 
your circle locally, but then to admit on the internet to the whole world, you had relapsed. It was, uh, it was just different. It was definitely different, but, um, you know, I, I, even today I get, um, emails or someone will message me and say, you know, that, that episode specifically where I, I come clean about my, my relapse, uh, people will tell me, you know, like I had recently relapsed too. And, um, you know, it, it made, it made them, they said that basically it made them feel less like, you know, alone, you know, in going through that. But, uh, I mean, this last episode, I haven't, I, I uploaded episode today, but before that I didn't upload episode for a couple of weeks. Um, just because I had to like, kind of like focus on, on myself and what was going on in my life at the time. And, uh, I, and now I can say, you know, happily I have a sponsor now. I have a really good sponsor and I'm going to get ready to work on my steps. Uh, I, I have to do that whole call every day for 30 days first. I don't know if that's kind of what the, you know, sponsors require of you, um, you know, on the East coast or anything. Um, but I just, I'm kind of like impatient, you know, I'm, I'm an addict. I always want instant gratification. So I wanted to work on the steps immediately, but so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm calling him every day for 30 days and then I'm going to get started on my step one. And, um, this is the first time I've actually been, I actually wanted it, you know, like before I kind of just did it cause it was part of drug court or, or I did it just to please other people. But now I'm doing it cause I'm excited for my own recovery and I'm actually taking it seriously for the first time. It just, you know, NA is kind of new, uh, territory for me. I, I've never really like dove into it and paid attention un until now. So it's like, it's a whole new experience for me. It's, it's different and it's like foreign and weird. It feels like alien to me, but it's also very refreshing, you know, like as soon as I walk through those doors of, um, whatever NA meeting I go to, it kind of feels like I'm like cleansed, you know, like all the bullshit and stress that I'm dealing with kind of washes away as soon as I go in there. And even if I don't, I'm not speaking at a meeting, just listening has been so helpful to me. Um, it's just very surreal these last, you know, few months. Um, and I'd say like, like what, let me ask you what, what if you had any like advice for me for where I'm at in my like, early stages of recovery, what would you suggest that I do? Um, I would suggest that you go to a meeting every day. Okay. Um, I would suggest that you, uh, you try to like, you know, what they told me was at the end of the day, you say thank you. And, mm -hmm. uh, and in the beginning of the day, you say thank you. Uh, and you fucking... Call some people in recovery every day, mm -hmm. and, um, and 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 get on the steps as soon as your sponsor lets you. Yeah, you know, like if you do that, if you go to a meeting every day, and you and you become a part of the home group, you get you get some people's numbers, and, and you and you and you hang out with people who take recovery seriously. Yeah, you know, so that you're part of it. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, that's what did it for me. Like getting to a meeting that I like. Uh, and I went every day as soon as I woke up and then getting to know a few people in the meeting where like after the meeting we get coffee yeah. and, and you, you kind of feel more part of it, you know, and like the thing is like, you know, if you go to, to NA and you feel cleansed, more power to you, but I guarantee that will not last. What matters really? is that you stay committed. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and shit gets boring. You know what I mean? You're going to go back to your old, old thinking. But if you uh -huh. keep your new action, it, it can, you know, it could be incredibly uh, beneficial. And the further you get into it, uh, the more you understand it, and then the more you can help the guy who shows up who is you. you yeah. I mean? Like, you, you get your 40-something days now, you know, in another month, you know, if you keep going every day or, you know, if you keep, you know, not using, people are going to show up for the day you're going to be able to be of incredible service to them. Uh -huh. and, and that's going to be of service to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've already had people approach me who, who ask for advice or for help, and I almost feel like, you know, I'm like, I'm too fresh to be even giving advice. And some of them that I'm, you know, they're the, I'm the only person they know who's even clean. Um, 
and and the times I have been able to talk to people and they've told me how much I've helped them, it, it's it you're it's exactly how you said it. it is it's definitely as just as much as a part of recovery as anything else. It just I it makes me feel you know like better or more like of a contributing factor in the whole you know recovery support like in a whole group in the community. It just um, but sometimes I feel weird, like you, like, oh, I'm, you shouldn't be asking for my advice. I'm, you know, like I'm, you know, so fresh, but, um, that's the thing, man. the idea is like, the biggest thing I can tell you is you take suggestions from yeah. people who have been clean for a long time. Yeah. And then when people ask you your advice, you give them the same suggestions. Yeah. It's not really your advice. It's the advice that's eternal that is I'm like, yeah, middlemanning it, yeah, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's how it works, you know? And then, like, and then everything you want, you'll get, you know? It just takes time. And, like, I'm not even against, like, you putting recovery first so that your podcast can be big or so your DJing can be big. But you have to put the recovery first, and you will reap the fruits of it in time. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the whole DJing thing is just kind of just for fun. It's actually be funny because uh, I'll be on house arrest next month for about 18, 20 days. And I'm going to be just like Facebook live streaming my my DJ gig in it, <laughs> with an ankle monitor on. So we're calling it Unk's house arrest house party. <laughs> and we're going to just like make a, you know make f- some fun out of it. Because I won't be able to leave my house. But um I did. I had one other question. I definitely wanted to get in uh, because I've been dealing with this problem, which I thought I would never have to deal with. But uh, you know, I've, had, I've been doing all these phone interviews, and I had that on the run episode that I've uh, like almost like you know through editing it, I almost like wanted to take and delete every episode or take down all of Nod Squad. Because I was in this whole kind of conundrum where I'm like, am I really, is the content I'm putting out more hurtful than helpful? Because, you know, my my co-host has been in rehab this whole time. Um, well, not this whole time, but, you know, he's been in rehab for the, almost the past year. Um, and b- before we were recording, but we weren't uploading anything. And I had this year old episode where he's on the run from drug court on the run from probation. He's got a warrant out for his arrest and I'm uh, interviewing him over the phone and he, he cooks up and he shoots, shoots up uh, heroin while we're recording on the interview. And, uh, and then I was like, well, I have to, I have to delete that part out. I just have to, you know, but then, you know, an episode before I interviewed this guy, alias is happy and then at the end of the interview, he's like, oh, yeah, I shut up while we were, rec- were interviewing. And I'm just like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> like, I'm tr- like, And then I felt even worse because some people were like, yeah, as soon as that part, as soon as he said that, I had to turn the podcast off. And uh, it's, it's like, ultimately, like, I'm trying to find out, like, what is too triggering for the kind of podcast that I'm putting out, you know, like, would... He's like, I know I'm, a, I'm all for freedom of speech and all, but I would hate to know that something on our podcast would make someone uncomfortable or triggered or, you know, like, um, and then I was questioning even the, the animations, like, is that too much? Like, is that too much for people to see? Or like, what do you think about any of the, like, of that? Like, cause it's been uh, just I so, um, yeah. Yeah. The show was about remembering getting high. You know what I'm saying? True. That was dope. You know what I mean? And we had rules because we didn't want anyone on the show to glorify getting high while they were getting high. Yeah. That just wasn't, we didn't want that to be part of our show. No, yeah. And That's... still, and still, a million people said that Dopey was triggering to them. Really? Um, fucking, I don't know, man. You know, it's your show. And, and you have to live with it. Yeah. And, and I think that your experience will change if you stick with your recovery. You know, it's like, what's really the point? You know, I, I, 
what is the point of doing a show where someone shoots dope in the middle of the show? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to, what, what are you trying to get out with that? You know? Yeah. That's the question. It's, it's like, and I'm not, I'm not asking that as a loaded question. No. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I mean, it's an honest question. You know, if you want to do a show where someone's getting high on the show, you know, then that's your show. You know, it's like, is it going to trigger somebody? Of course it is. Yeah. You know, of course it is. Um, is it, is it interesting to somebody else? Yeah. Is it voyeuristic to somebody else? Yeah. I mean, when I was getting high and I would watch TV and a character on TV would get high, I would be super excited. Me too. You know, I would <laughs> like that. Yeah. But, like, but you just need to figure out what your show is, you know, and yeah. like what you want, you know, like what you, yeah, just, you know, operate from you. I, I know that I wouldn't do it, you know, but I don't want Dopey to have fucking yeah and i knew like i i just knew if I just, I just, it, I guess it, my, it didn't sit well with me in my conscience, like, like, cause you know, I was, I was always asking people like, what should I do? And half of the people were like, yeah, leave it in. It's, you know, your show's raw as fuck. And you, you know, that's why I watch it. And then the other half were like, oh no, you have to take into consideration your, your viewer or, or the listener and, and their safety also. And, um, um, no, not not everybody um, that suggests I leave it in is getting high. I mean, some of them are in earlier stages of recovery, but um, I just knew like that didn't sit well with me. But then I was like, yeah, I do have to have. I need to like sit down and write down some ground rules. Like, I don't even think I should have. I don't know if I should even be interviewing someone that is still using. You know, I just because it's so easy to get the message twisted into that, you know, I'm glorifying drug use, you know, even with telling war stories, you know, because, um, you know, you can't really tell war stories in, at a meeting, you know, or it's, it's frowned upon. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it should be positive, and I want people to know that you can get off heroin and have a good time. But really, the point of dopey is that when you listen to it, you should feel less alone. You should feel like yeah. you're, you're with somebody, like you're, you're being kept company. That's the point of dopey. Oh, and it you're definitely. And dopey definitely succeeds at that. And I think what. Because there's been other, you know, sobriety or recovery based podcasts, but I think what stands out with dopey is it, it falls the perfect line where it's you know some podcasts are just a little too preachy you know and um i think what makes dopey so great is it's like it's not too much of either or it's not glorifying or glamorizing drug use and it's got a good you know it's got a good amount of recovery too but it doesn't get overly preachy which a lot of people have been saying some podcasts are um but I think that's what made Dopey stand out like on its own and is so unique. It's that it, it you kind of toe the line perfectly down the middle where you do have, you know, like entertaining war stories, but you also throw in the message of recovery with it, which has, I guess, been my challenge at trying to do with Nod Squad. I mean, fuck, the title's called Nod Squad for fuck's sake, you know? Um, but it is. is I, I th- I uh, um, I've always liked the Nod Squad, and like even though I don't nod out, you know, I'm always like sort of a like I, I like the idea of being a member of the Nod Squad, even if you're not getting high. Yeah. You know oh, definitely. Yeah. Like. But it really goes back to this time. It goes back to why putting your recovery first is what counts, so that you can figure this out. Yeah. 
because if you put the show first, you're like, well, what am I even making? Like, you don't even know yeah. what you want it to be. Yeah. It's like, and I think that's the best thing about recovery. It's like, and it, it all sounds cheesy when you say it, but the best thing about recovery is that you get to find out who you are and who you actually are. Not like who you are because you go to a meeting or not because you who you are because you say the right thing. Uh-huh. You find out who you are because you strip away all the bullshit and you're just left with you. Yeah. And a much better version of you than, than the other version. And when you find that version of you, you're going to know what your show should be. You know, and I think True. It's something to look forward to. Oh, definitely. And I think that's what I've been kind of going through the motions of is, you know, um, trying to figure out exactly who I am because I'm f- just finding the out what I'm like sober, you know? And um, I guess, I don't know if you've went through that kind of same thing when you were in, you know, your earlier stages of recovery. When you started Dopey, didn't you have like only like four months clean time or something like that? Yeah, I had four months. I had four months clean. Yeah. Started. Yeah, and it's amazing because as the as Dopey has progressed, I've seen uh, definitely a change in you and um, for the better, of course. Um, <laughs> but um, I just kind of find myself kind of being in kind of a similar transitional stage in my life, you know? Um, and it's, it's definitely a lot of like self-reflection and self-discovery I've been dealing within myself. Um, and yeah, it just, it's definitely strange to like look at yourself or find out who you are without being high, you know, because, um, you know, I was always so much more outgoing and more social on certain drugs. And then on certain drugs, I was more, you know, in, introverted and, um, you know, I wouldn't leave the house for days on end. Um, so it's just been, it's been so strange. Like it's been like the whole th- experience of, you know, getting clean has been so strange overall, you know? Um, and then, you know, having to f- like figure out who I, like what, which people I can still let into my social circle and which people I need to like keep a, a boundary, a safe boundary from. And, um, it's just such a such a different process than what I'm normally accustomed to. It's like, you know, you have that muscle memory built into your brain of like, you know, reacting to situations and um, having to constantly rewire my brain to not use getting loaded as the solution for everything. And um, it's like a constantly having to constantly pound it into my head like I can go about life a different way. Um that, yeah, it just, I guess sometimes it can be overwhelming. And yeah, sometimes I just have to, like you said, I, I kind of have to put the podcast aside or put it down for just, you know, long enough for me to get some, you know, focus on enough recovery so I can feel like I am, you know, progressing, you know, in the right ways. Um, just to have a sponsor that I actually like, like I've never, every time I had a sponsor before, I was just like, I I didn't like really... I don't know. I didn't want it, but now, you know, I have a sponsor. I like, this is the coolest sponsor I could have ever had. I mean, I've known him for, you know, a few years already and I met him through, uh, meetings and stuff. And so I, I at least I can say I'm at a point in my life where it's like more pr- productive or more positive than ever before, you know? Um, but I do realize even though I'm, I'm happy where I am right now, I know this is not where I'm going to want to be, you know, a year from now or six months from now, I want to, you know, I know the direction I, I want to go at least, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so fucking weird, dude. Like I never thought I would be like, you know, like, like all four NA, you know, when I first started going to meetings, I just was like, I felt so, I still felt like an outsider. And sometimes, sometimes I still do feel like an outsider, in certain situations, you know, cause NA can be kind of clicky sometimes. And, you know, I think, I think that's natural. And I think, I think that's why, like, you know, I recommend going to as many different meetings as you can. Yeah. I recommend, you know, sticking with your sponsor. I recommend making some friends and creating, you know, you don't want it to be clicky, but you want to have a group of people that you can count on and that can count on you. Like, 
when you're sober and you have a little group, it's like uh, you just start to get into a groove with them. And it's just a good thing, you know what I mean? And, and I think everything else that you want to accomplish or be will come to you in time uh, as long as you... Because you also fucking use like a mania, you know what I mean? Like yeah. If you can fucking stay on the path and do what is suggested, you know, the stuff that you want will come to you. You know, yeah. leave it at that. Mm. Um, uh, I can't stay on too much longer. So, um, uh, I, do we, are we tired? Do you have enough? Do you want anything else? Do? Oh, yeah, we got, uh, we're almost at an hour now. Um, and I wasn't you're even... Me, you're taking me too long. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Uh, we'll just wrap it up. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm very selfish. I'm still a very selfish person, even though I'm not using drugs. And I definitely always try to, you know, grasp at as much time as I can get from you because, um, you, yeah. And I mean, I appreciate you coming on, you know, it's, uh, I don't think Nod Squad would be, uh, much of anything if I, I wasn't inspired by you and what Chris has, have done. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like so many new podcasts that have popped up recently. And I think all of them are, are, are dopey fans. Um, and it's just amazing, like to see, uh, you know, everything that's happened since you know Dopey has come out. Um, I just like the underground of podcasts. Oh yeah, the counterculture. Yeah, yeah, total. You know, DIY, like do it yourself kind of thing. It's a, it's so cool, and it's been so inspiring. I mean, you guys started out with just a, we didn't even have a mic. You had a, a mic on your laptop, and it's like. You know, from I, I used to always be like, oh, as soon as I get a mic or as soon as I get this, then I can like really get it working. But the fact of the matter is, you just need to start doing it and just start from somewhere, and it'll grow from there. And um, you know, since you've known me, you know, I've been in and out of court-ordered drug programs, and then I'd be get some clean time, and then I'd slip up and start struggling, and then I'd get arrested. <laughs> you know, so you know, you've seen me go through so many ups and downs. Um, and you've, you've stayed my friend through all of it. So I just definitely want to thank you for, you know, for, for always being there. You've, um, you know, I know we haven't really met in person, like, but we've talked via the internet, uh, a ton. And, um, and I know now you probably get inundated with so many, you know, emails and so many, um, you know, you get, you probably get contacted by so many people. It's probably hard to like, you know, keep track and, you know, reach out and like respond to every you know message um that you get now that just so the fact that you you know have dedicated any time to like you know talk like that other night you uh, had a talk with me about you know a certain thing that was going on in my life and you know I really I really have fucking appreciated that like um because you know you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear you told me what like and I needed to hear, kind of, if that makes any sense, you know? And uh, I, ne- I need more of that in my life. Um, what I thought and I thought would benefit you, and I think, and that's what I think somebody would have told me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, somebody, like, you know, that's how it works. You know, the idea is, like, you just try to, to, to recognize your part in a situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, you know, and, and you recognize your part. And then you, it sounds, it sounds corny and cliche, but you keep your side of the clean mm-hmm. so that not that much can fuck with you in the same way. Yeah. And I think that you'll give somebody the same advice, and that's how this thing works. Yeah. And I'm happy to do it, and I'm happy to, to be available. You know, I try to write everybody back because, like, I would want I would want them to write me back. You know, it's just like about trying to do... You know, it's like a fucking Christian ethic. You know, you try to do the next right thing. You try to, yeah. to pass it along, push it forward, whatever. It keeps me sober. It keeps me happy. It keeps me sober, and it keeps me free. Um, so I do it. Yeah, and you, you know, know and I don't have that many. I mean, I have you know, I have a good amount of people in my life now, but it's like I just don't have a, a many people in my life that would be willing to you know dedicate time because I know the reason you you know reached out to me was because you care, you know? Um, and the, it's just been, it, that meant a lot to me. Um, one last thing is, um, did you ever listen to that Andy Dick story I sent you? I never listened to the Andy Dick Damn. story. Damn. 
Oh, okay. Oh, well, if you want, I could. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good Andy. I mean, I mean, a lot of people have you know mixed feelings about Andy Dick, but I thought, hey. No, I meant I meant to. You know, it's like sometimes you know it depends on the day. Yeah. I might get a bunch of stuff at the same time. Oh, for sure. Hustling to get something out, and I just I forgot about it. And oh no, it's all good. When I didn't get it in the next week, I was just like the statute of limitations on the Andy Dick story. <laughs> Oh, you you have it? I, think I forgot. I forgot it existed. To be honest with you, Brian. Sorry. Oh no, you're all good. I mean, I, I was uh, I was gonna offer to like I could resend it if you lost it or something, but I just wanted to see like you know see if you got. I think you'll get a kick out of it. It's pretty. I mean, Andy Dick's a fucking character, so you know anything he does is like is definitely debaucherous at some level. You know. Oh, so. definitely. I'll definitely listen to all right, thanks, Dave. Well, I'll let you go because we're just about reached an hour. Is there anything else you want to say to? Uh, I guess we call our fans the Squadron. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say out there to well, anyone you know, listening? Like, do your thing and, uh, and, and you know, do your best to enjoy your life. And, uh, and you guys, uh, you know, I don't know. I got nothing to say. Stay strong. So free and easy. Don't do it. Stay, like, take your fucking head off. You know, do the next right thing and, and try to have fun and don't die. You know. Yeah. From that's, I mean, the, that's the thing. If you can get high and have a nice life, go for it. And, and if you're miserable, you can have a nice life without getting high. I think that's the the perfect thing, the perfect way to end this. So yeah, you know, don't die, everyone out there. And if I mean, I don't, I don't. I'd rather you didn't use drugs. But if you're going to, regardless of what you know, me or Dave. Uh, suggest at least be as safe as possible so that you know when the day comes maybe you will you know give recovery a chance but yeah with that thank you so much dave i appreciate you coming on and um you know you're a really no good problem. friend thank you for having me yeah and yeah if you ever need anything just feel free to you know you know how to get a hold of me so. yeah. all right thank man you, Brian. I really appreciate it. Stay strong, squadron, and keep the all right i love you dave and i'll talk to you soon all right peace All right, guys, uh, that was Dave. I'm so stoked he uh, got to come on. Um, I'm so stoked he, he, you know, took he took an hour. I always, <laughs> he, he was like, yeah, I only have about 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, we ended up recording for an hour. And I'm like, kind of like, you know, you give an inch, I'll take a mile if I can get away with it. But uh, that was fucking great. I'm so glad I got to have Dave on because, um, you know, he's had me on the the podcast before I even uploaded an episode of Nod Squad. Uh, I think it's episode 157. I'm on um, Dopey and I'm on for like the, the, the last hour. You know, it was like a two hour podcast and I took I took half of that fucking episode because yeah, I I I, I don't know. I try to I try to selfishly take as much time from Dave as possible because he he's awesome and like, you know, um you know, I, I just can't thank Dave enough for everything he's done for me, you know, and it, like, you know, at the time he didn't, he didn't really know me at all, and uh, he's, he's, Dave has done so much with that podcast, um, and, you know, after Chris had passed away, he, he, he puts, he's putting so much time into that podcast, and what it has become, and it is fucking really special. It's a special fucking thing, and um, you know, it's it's changed a lot since Chris had passed away. But it, in um, some for better, some for worse. But what the, the amount of you know commitment he's put into Dopey, and the, you know, the, I don't know, like the, just like fucking talent he has for you know kind of radio broadcasting he's just got the perfect voice and personality for for being on um you know maybe not be a you know, it's like what it used to be like radio talk showing but it's podcasting you know very similar almost exactly like that and you know dave is just built for that kind of thing and uh, you know i only see dopey getting bigger from from here and um and i i and i know you know I don't know, like, I, I see big things for that podcast, and I see big things for Dave, you know, um, 
so my hat's off to him. He's, he's, he's a true, Dave is truly an inspiration to me. Um, and, you know, I can't thank him enough for as much, for the, for as much as he's helped me. Um, it, it just means the world to me. Words can't really express enough how much I appreciate, you know, everything he's done for me. So with that, you guys, I'm, I'm out of here. Um, I'm sorry if I'm insanely awkward uh, through this, you know, interview. Um, you know, it's, uh, I was like kind of, st- when, when Dave first called me, I was a little starstruck, you know, because like, I, I, I think I'd just gotten out of my shower. I think this was right around when um, Chris had passed away and Dave was reaching out to me for opinions about what what direction we should take Dobie. And uh, it was weird because I got a call from him and I'm so used to just hearing his, you know, voice on the podcast. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm for once hearing him and engaging with him, you know, in a fucking discussion. Like, it was so surreal. And uh, it's... It's definitely like I'm so glad I have, you know, a friendship with Dave because he's a uh, he's he's a fucking amazing person. And uh, Dave, if you're listening, sorry how awkward I was through that interview, but you know, I just uh, I wanted uh, this one podcast to be as good as possible because you know you've inspired me to, to really release Nod Squad to the internet, even though you know we've had it. I'm still sitting on like 30 or. 40 so episodes of old ones, but um, yeah, you, 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 I don't think this would uh, be what it is without you, Dave, so thank you so much. And with that, you guys, I, I'm done. I got a lot of shit to do. Uh, you know, if you guys are struggling out there again, you can reach out to me, uh, the Nod Squad Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on my my little Facebook troll page, Brian on Galbert, or you can, you know, message Nod Squad's page. If you guys could like our social media, we got, we got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I, don't, uh, I think we even have a Tumblr. <laughs> Never use it though. Uh, we're gonna have more. I'll I'll make a MySpace page tonight. Fuck it, you know, for the fuck of it. Um, and with that, I bid you guys adieu. I love you, Um, you know, stay safe, stay strong, and I'm signing off. Uh, Toodles, as Chris would say, and peace, love, all the above. Why did you do this to me? You sure you should be doing this stuff? Have you got an anti-drug? message that you're going to convey now. I just feel like it couldn't hurt to not be on air.